Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast. Although this is not my show that I'm airing for you here. This is a really cool show from John the Fed. He's not a Fed, I don't think, but that's what a Fed would say. Uh, We did How the Hell Did We End Up Here? And he was nice enough to invite Matt from The Great Deception, host of Monday Night Master Debaters, the crowd favorite. I mean, I got jumbled over my words. I don't know how to describe that show, right? Um, so Matt was on there and then, uh, myself, obviously it was a really fun one. Uh, we went all over the place. Basically the premise of the show is, you know, you figure out kind of open, kind of a free flowing chat type situation, but you try to focus on how did we end up here? Um, how did we get to this place in this country right now where shit's falling apart and it's all chaotic and crazy and seems like there's no integrity and just so much wrong, right? Um, and you'll see where we go. I brought up secret societies. Uh, you know how Matt focuses a lot on, you know, the old world. And so it was a, it was a really cool conversation, super fun stuff. So I think that you'll enjoy it. It's been out on the How the Hell Did We End Up Here uh, feed for a little while now, um, maybe about a month almost. And uh, yeah, just a great show. So with that said, guys, I want to play that for you. I'm working right now on a deep dive into fluoride. Uh, really, really great friend of the show and uh, just a all-around fun person, you know, pretty cool lady, um, friend of the show called uh, Colleen, and uh, shout out to her and her husband, Virgil, great people, and she asked me a question as to who was the Nazi that started experimenting with fluoride in the concentration camps, and I couldn't find that information for her right away, but I did find a really, really interesting, like, in-depth timeline of fluoride and so i'm i'm researching that right now it should be out for you guys tomorrow um going back to like the 30s when this stuff really started now uh spoiler alert there is a guy with the last name dean that i hope to god i'm not related to that really did kind of lead the charge in the fluoride uh in water and stuff like that so i just found a ton of information fluoride's kind of one of those older conspiracies right i like finding new stuff and getting into it but this was so well done that i wanted to not only talk about the timeline i'm adding information onto it a couple things in that timeline are not 100 percent accurate um kind of like some word mincing in there so I'm going to do that. I think it's going to be something that you guys are going to enjoy. It might be a very long episode, so I'll do, obviously, the hour free. And then, you know, the patrons uh, who have been very patient with me, and I appreciate you guys. We're getting back to the normal stuff. Um, It's been hectic with the work. I mean, even, uh, you know, this week, BKFC is hosting a doubleheader Thursday, today, as this is released, and then Friday. So just, I mean, tons of stuff to do, but... I'm finding time to do some really good research uh, at this point. So excited for you guys to hear that. I'm not going to drone on too long. I do want to encourage you guys to check out the Conspiracy Soap. The link is in the show notes under my links. It's selling great. And we are about to get some new scents in. We want to get a lot of stuff going before the holidays. These are awesome stocking stuffers for any conspiratorially minded people. Um, so check out Conspiracy Soap, guys. It's on my website. If you want to sign up for the Patreon, support the work over here, patreon.com slash dangerousworldpodcast. All the links are in the show notes here, okay? Um, and then, of course, the Pet CBD. I, I do want to shout them out because that stuff is solid. Um, I've been meaning to order some more, and I absolutely have to get some because, uh, 
we're in the monsoon season here give my dogs a little bit of cbd and they just sleep through all this thunder and stuff they don't seem like they get groggy or anything it's just like they're chill they're relaxed and you know things that would normally freak them out don't so like i said i wanted to keep this short um five minutes is short for me because i just ramble on you know what i mean so let's get into this really cool show i think you guys will enjoy it you should check out the other ones he's had like adam from deborah gets red pilled on there some great people uh and, and knowledgeable people talking about how the hell did we end up here so enjoy this one and then go check out the rest over there at uh, john the fed's channel thanks again to him for having us both on and uh without any more let's just get right into it enjoy guys all right, welcome everybody to the next episode of the Hell the How the Hell Did We Wind Up Here podcast. Uh, my name is John. Joined today by the great Ryan Dean and the great Matt uh, Matt T. I'll let them introduce themselves in just a minute. So, uh, really excited to have them on. See what uh, what they can give for those of you kind of. Well, I guess everybody will be new because I don't think I'm even at ten episodes yet. Uh, the basic premise of the of the podcast is just to identify a couple things that are wrong with the world and kind of maybe talk about how we got there um and at the end if uh if there's any solutions we'll talk about that as well so uh i'll let you guys both introduce yourself matt go ahead man yeah i'm matt great deception podcast honored to be on here john i uh to be honest i've listened to all if it is nine episodes so far um and and i love what you i love what you're doing here dude uh you know i'm more into the old world stuff um but ryan and i also do uh monday night master debaters together where that's kind of like a round table um where we bring on a couple other podcasters and you know talk about anything that's that's the fun podcast my other podcast takes a lot of work but uh monday night master debaters it's great man we you just let it roll the conversation goes where it goes and it kind of has that barroom feel to it with with a little little class every now and then right. but then we also we also you know dive into the trash also so yeah, best of both worlds out, che- definitely check it out it's a good uh it's a good way to occupy an hour and a half two hours two and a half hour long it goes so um it's good ryan go ahead yeah thanks man and, and same as matt i'm i'm really excited to do this show dude and uh matt's always too kind he's generous when he uh monday night master debater is his show you know what i mean i've just kind of tagged along because i think it's such a cool idea but uh yeah i I host dangerous world podcast started off with a co-host that was my cousin real liberal kind of uh you know supports the the globalism and the new world order just kind of you know what somebody that a lot of people that listen to our types of shows would just think is the worst person ever but then when you talk to him he's a normal dude he just thinks differently and i think that that's important that's one of the ways that you know this this world you know the name of your show it's it's summed up by people that just can't disagree friendly in a friendly manner right so i think that it's kind of important to do those kinds of things he's since left i'm doing the show solo there's no bad blood or anything he just got busy so talk about secret societies Uh, i've been having guests on recently and stuff but just uh you know trying to have fun while still getting out some good information i think it's important to do that yeah, you know, if you listen to him or start listening, to him, also check out his merch store. He's got some pretty cool, uh, uh, nice. pretty cool shirts as well. Um, I'm going to actually put in an order for a couple this weekend. I'm planning on doing that. So, um, Thanks, man. yeah, some cool. I like. I really like the garbage pail Alistair Crawley one. All right, can I say garbage pail? I don't know if yeah. I'm in trouble or not. So, okay, yeah, the garbage pail Alistair Crawley one is is probably my uh, favorite. Dude, so. I, I was just wearing that today, and I fucking spilled on it at dinner time so i had to take it oh, off man. otherwise i'd show it to you 
I had a I had Davey Wavy on from the Red Pill Cartel. Uh, I think it was the last one I did, maybe the one before, and he was wearing that. I was, I was like, "Where did you get that shirt from?" He's like, "Oh, Ryan made it." I was like, "I gotta get me, definitely gotta That's get funny, me one man. of those because those are those are cool." So, um, well, let's get into it, guys. What you what you got when you? So the question is, the first question obviously is, you know, when you kind of take a look at this world, you know, we all know this world's messed up in a lot of different ways. But, you know, when when you look at it, kind of what are the one or two, maybe even three things that really, really stand out to you, maybe above everything else? Mm. I mean, I, I can start, man. I think social media has done a lot to really kind of ruin the world and ruin the the standing of society. Um, one thing that I was going to talk about here um, a decent amount was, uh, and I know we're going to probably bounce all over the place, but these like grassroots organizations that aren't grassroots at all, they have CIA ties, every right. single one of them, um, Occupy Wall Street's a big one, all those kinds of things like that, right? And um, we're saying two or three things you said. Or as many as you want. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I mean, not going to be the whole two or three. Too, man. All these elitists, these think tanks and things like that, they tie in with the, um, you know, with the the fake grassroots. And I, I've been doing a lot of work on that over the three years that I've had the show, almost four years. It'll be four years next March. But that's the main thing that I look into, man. And you just see the same players over and over again. Kissinger, Soros, it's all these people. And they're behind a lot of these organizations that act like they have not only like our three best interests in mind, but like everybody it's it there. They care about the middle class and the working man and whatnot. And it, it, that couldn't be farther from the truth. So I think those are, are definitely three things that I would stick to. Yeah. Yeah. I think social media is a big one and it's, well, Matt, I'll let you go first and then we'll kind of, we'll kind of circle, circle back before, before I get into it. Well, honestly, my big one and the one that got me into this whole conspiracy podcast field is the medical fields. Um, I had some medical issues back in 2015 and I hadn't been in the medical, you know, system since I had to get physicals for like baseball, you know, every year. That was basically the gist of my, I, I had one surgery in college, um, but I came down with this issue and then all of a sudden I needed to get healed. And I started seeing that these doctors didn't know anything beyond their script. If they couldn't go over to the computer and type it in, they it would spit back to them, you know, a prescription or, you know, some sort of drug that's big pharma. And as soon as you ask them questions about outside of that, you know, naturopathy, foods, exercise, sleep, supplements, they didn't have anything. So that was like a glaring thing to me that, what do we get bombarded with on a daily basis on television is big pharma ads and how yeah. what what it then lets you see is how corporations run everything. And that kind of ties into what Rai is saying with the these people, these elitists, right, who runs these corporations. You know, you get the DuPonts, you get into all these big Morgans, big companies that make all of the decisions that end up impacting us. And they're the ones who also control our politicians who then make our laws so you start seeing that the system itself isn't broken right the american system I'm, I'm talking about here on paper it's a it's a great system and it seems foolproof but then you get into it and you see how they've learned over the years to manipulate it and essentially buy their way into it by buying politicians lobbying things like that and you start realizing from top to bottom the system is it's really screwed. You know, it's not meant for us. It, you know, it's meant for that 1% 
and and we are the fuel to that system. And that was that was a real eye opener to me. And then uh, just as a side on another one that I, I'll throw out there, maybe we'll hit on later is Disney. That was one that just blew my mind. And that's probably the first show I did with you, Rye, yeah. I think was on, you know, the dark side of Disney and how something that, you know, every kid knows about every, a lot of parents approve of is really not what it seems to be. It seems so wholesome. Exactly. It's family oriented, right? Like that's yeah. the image they put out there. But then when you look at it, their programming is all about broken families, abuse, uh, you know, child, just doing nasty things to children. It's like, what the fuck? And normalizing it. Yeah. Dude, they Since you brought it. that up, Matt, I don't know if either one of you guys have seen this is just a side thing. The A113, A-113 conspiracy inside of Disney movies. You seen yep. that? Yeah. Well, Nuts. yeah. And that goes back to that was the room that these guys all began in, so to speak, like that, this, that was the number of the room where they did all the illustrations. Right. And then, but it also ties out with adrenochrome. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do a really good job too. I think of distract, especially for like adults distracting us when we watch the movie, instead of looking for the things that are wrong, because Pixar is really big into putting all the Easter eggs in there. Right. Like you look yep. and you're like, Oh, that's the, that's the truck from, from Toy Story. And that's, you know, that's the Pizza Planet logo. And that's the, you know, this is that. And so you're, you're always looking for those things versus the, versus, I guess, kind of the, the evil or the, the behind the, behind the scenes thing that they're trying to, trying to indoctrinate everybody with as well. Well, and you even look at the storylines, right? Look at the characters. So many of the characters are orphaned, single parent households, or they have a parent killed during the show. You know, Bambi's one that always sticks out to me because as a kid, seeing that when they actually shoot Bambi's mother, it's like, holy, you don't think about it. It's it's just a cartoon, but that's traumatizing, you know, and that's showing, you know, anytime your mother can just go away and it's all about broken families. I mean, I I think in a, in a 20 year span, they, they broke down Disney films and in 93% of the episodes, there was some sort of child abuse in them or child torment in them. Trauma. Yes. And in some instances it was multiple times in the same movie. And it's like, this is children's programming, right? This is children's television. This is supposed to be good for them, hearty, healthy. Nope. Once you Mm -hmm. dig behind and start looking into it and really open your eyes to it, it's the total opposite. Yeah, they know that parents will put it on for an hour and a half, two hours to basically babysit their kid when they want their kid to not bother them. And so they just put it on, let it go, and let that refresh rate hypnotize them to to where it affects them. Yep. That's one of those things too, uh, like eighties babies and nineties babies, especially really had to go through a lot of the TV, just babysitting them. Right. That was how a lot of kids were raised, you know, yeah, last was kids. When... you come home. Yeah. You come home, open the door, get something to eat, turn on the TV. Yeah. Because that's when a lot of the, the two parents have had to start working, you know what I mean? In the seventies and even up until the, uh, you know, eighties and stuff, there was it, one parent could get enough income to raise an entire family and that started really changing so the kid is left alone with the tv and there's a lot of influence going on there too so that would be another thing the the two-parent working structure 
that absolutely messed with uh with society i think because now those kids are growing up those are us you know 80s yep. 90s 70s that's gen x kids basically yeah i mean and that's a big thing with gen x like we were feral as a as a generation because we weren't inside like i i see these memes out there that oh man it must have sucked growing up in the 80s where you had to stay <laughs> inside and there was no wi-fi and then the response is did you realize that there were television commercials reminding parents it's 10 o'clock do you know where your children are right like because they didn't parents weren't on top of us like that we'd go outside till it was time to eat basically after we ate dinner, we'd go back out and start the night games. And then it was, you know, we were on our own. There wasn't organized. And that's what I, my problem with a lot of today with, with these parents, everything has to be organized or supervised. You can't, they don't just have kids go and get together and figure it out on their own, get into fights, right? Figure it out, learn how to problem solve amongst yourselves instead of having an adult intervene. Yeah. I remember, remember as a kid, I always had to be home by the time the streetlights came on, you know, and I remember, and our streetlights didn't come on all at the same time. They came on one by one by one. And I remember certain times racing those streetlights home, you know, <laughs> having them come on one by one behind me. My mom's standing at the door, you know, waiting to see if I got there. And With a rolling pin. I, oh, I'd be yeah. there right at the, <laughs> I would be there right at the time our streetlight hit basically. And, you know, and like Matt was saying, I I'd come in, I'd eat something for dinner. I'd go back out again. That's yeah. funny, man. And that's the way it was. You know, we didn't yeah. want to be inside. And another thing that I just I just put two and two together recently. If you look at the toys from back then, the toys were meant to be brought outside and played with. Yeah. Right. And now all these toys are meant to keep kids indoors. They're all electronic. They can't get muddy. They can't get wet. All of our toys were meant to be played with outside. And you can't share either. That was, no. the, you know, that was always one of the things like whether it's Legos or He-Man or, you know, Thundercats or whatever, like somebody always, you know, you'd always find the you'd be friends with it with the rich kid because he's the one that had all the cool stuff, you know, with He-Man, he had like the whole castle, he had everything, but you could like, most of the time they would share, you know, because they wanted everybody to be able to play, you know, as well and have, you know, set up, you know, attachment to firecrackers or do whatever and and all that. Now you, you can't do that. Like try to take, try to take a, a cell phone away from a 14 year old kid or a 15 year old kid. And <laughs> they're not sharing. Well, one of the other things too, John, with that is trading, right? We used to oh, trade yeah. toys, you know, oh. we, I, I'll give you two of mine for that one. Cause I really want that one. Yep. They don't do that anymore. It's all like part of learning the system, you know, in a like way, NFTs like, now though. You know, oh, I mean? yeah. like that's how they do it. It's digital. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it is. And, and, but yeah, it's these little things. Like, I mean, I remember as a kid in elementary school, my side hustle was selling candy. You know, I'd go yeah. to the five and dime, I'd buy five cent candy and I'd sell it for a quarter, <laughs> you know, and, and come in and just keep turning that around. And I made a couple hundred bucks every year, just pushing candy to, to kids in school. Now they get caught doing that and you're liable to get suspended. Yeah. My son almost did his, uh, I guess he was in middle school and he went to, we went to Sam's bought a hundred dollars worth of gum and ring pops. And day two, we got a phone call from, from the school saying, come pick him up and pick this stuff up because he can't do this here. IRS is going to get after him. That $200. Yeah. They're going to make him fill out a W2, you know? Yeah. I was like, he's an independent contractor. Don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, good for him for trying to do something though. You yeah. know, like, I, I think that that stuff's really like, I, I think everyone should have a side hustle, man. 
I think yeah, it's an he important saw, thing. He saw a need and he, you know, he saw, he probably saw it on TV or something as well. It's like, I could do that. So on to supply and demand. Yeah, he tried. Yeah, but he's thinking outside the box, you know, he's not falling into that program mind that everybody has to provide for him. And that's, we become so dependent and so comfortable with convenience that I think it's becoming our downfall. I would say too, he probably learned an even more important lesson. And the school is kind of like the government in that situation, right? Like if you're doing business and you're not doing it a hundred percent, right. You know, there's this authoritarian figure that's going to be over your shoulder and going to, going to take that away from you it was funny too because i asked him i said where where did you go wrong like where did this go wrong and he said i got caught yeah, <laughs> yeah that's basically right i'm I'm like you know you got to sell to smart people who you got to sell to your friends who aren't going to dime you out not to the kid who you know as soon as he's got a light shined on him is going to tell everything you know <laughs> be selective in who you do business with Stop well it's sweating. like the kids that sold weed in high school you know like the worst thing you wanted was a, a weed dealer who was like braggadocious, you know, right. like the arrogant one. Cause you knew everybody knew he did it. It was just a matter of time before he got pinched <laughs> and he was telling everybody, Hey man, I got it. And it's like, no, yeah. no, no. I want the kid that nobody suspects the kid that'll just give it to you in a quick handoff and you're out of there. It doesn't have to be a, a conversation and you know, Oh, try this with me. No, just give me my shit and let me get out of here. That's right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So Matt, you mentioned uh, is a little bit of a tangent, but you mentioned Dupont. Have you listened to the to? There's a guy, and he's got a podcast. It has something to then I forget the name. It has something to do with the dragon, but he he claims at least, and I think he's right to be a. Um, he's one of the descendants of the Duponts, and he he became a Christian. I don't know five years ago or so. And so he's got a podcast out there talking about all the ritualistic things that you have to go through to, to be able to be part of the DuPont name and some of these other big, big names. If you guys haven't heard of it, I'll, I'll have to look it up and I'll, I'll put it out there for people to listen to. It's really interesting, to li- like all the behind the scene things that he says he had to do and had to, you know, had to serve and all these, you know, he talks about embarrassment ritual. I mean, he talks about a lot of stuff. Um you know, being part of part of the DuPont name. I guess he's, you know, obviously not part of it now because he's got this podcast. So really interesting to look at. So, well, that's what you see too with these, right? It's, it's easy to get out, not easy to get in. Yeah. Right. They, they will cut you off and send you out of these, these little clubs real quick. All it takes is one thing, but to get in, you got to do, you know, basically sell your soul in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Screw that, man. That's the one thing I'm not doing. I don't care. No deals with the devil here. Well, you're talking <laughs> about, you know, the medical industry and all that stuff. The DuPonts, the the Rockefellers are the, the biggest part behind that. A lot of people, you know, anyone that doesn't know that has to really understand, you know, the, the biggest guy behind culture, oil, medicine, food. I mean, that is the Rockefeller family, you know, and that, that Rockefeller Foundation still does a lot of that stuff. That's why I'm so interested in those things. And then they mentor people like Zuckerberg, who's got the Zuckerberg Initiative. Obviously, fa- Facebook and Meta is his kind of vessel. And then, you know, people out there that think that Facebook was an organic thing. I mean, that's just not that's not it was the Winklevoss twins. The Come on, right. It was the Winklevoss and Zuckerberg. They all did it together at Harvard. Right. Right. So that's what's. That's what's interesting is when you start learning about these kinds of things. And that's why I think that they have so much to do with the downfall of our society, man. It's, it's well, clear. And, and Amazon that. was just started out of a, out of a garage with Apple a guy too. selling Google. books. 
Well, yeah. you mentioned it on Monday Masturbators too, right? It was, uh, you know, all of them. Look at Under Armour, Apple, you know, all these companies just so happen to start out of a garage. How convenient, right? right? Now, I have right. a garage, but I haven't been able to start a multi-billion dollar company out of it. You haven't tried hard enough, Matt. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> damn it. I, I know, man. It's just not catching on. I'm figure I I'm gonna start doing my podcast from the garage, and then well, see the problem maybe, is your garage is on the east go. coast. You got to be in Silicon Valley for it to for the garage. That's to that's another thing too. Yeah, and that's in the middle of the devil's nest over there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so Ryan, you you were talking about social media and then grassroots. You want to get in that a little bit? You want to talk a little bit about just kind of what you see? Yeah, man. I mean, so for me, uh, the grassroots is a huge thing because that goes back before social media. Social media is kind of a newer thing, right? But then we're just really seeing like social media does a good job of painting the picture, showing us all what's wrong with the world, right? <laughs> um, there's a lot of people that that don't realize that when they're, you know, on social media, when they're sharing, you know, their entire life, their their kids location constantly and all these things right it's a big vanity thing constantly with uh with social media but like with grassroots you know i I was looking through and there's several different organizations throughout history um and, and really kind of a lot of this takes place in the 90s that seems to be a big turning point for some reason is the 90s but right um, what before you go too far what about the 60s though that sure. whole the hippie movement was totally not grassroots. You know, it's it's grassroots in the sense that we're talking about. It was backed by the CIA, the whole acid thing. And I think, you know, you start seeing all this stuff really take fruition after World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely do. And and with the CIA and, the you know, the 60s hippie movement, it's wild. Like the Grateful Dead, you got Hell's Angels. That's right there. I mean, they're all living on the same street. Charles Manson, you know, like all these people are all part of this same thing. And it's almost like, you know, the CIA knows this, that parents or or I should say kids are inherently they want to kind of go against their parents. They want to push back. Right now, once the parents start getting kind of more distance from the kids because they're working or because they're doing whatever, the kid then has someone that they need to look to. And it's usually a band like the Grateful Dead. If we're going back to the 60s or, um, you know, more modern would be like, you know, Marilyn Manson. Right. Like shit like that, where that whole satanic panic was meant to be super scary. And, you know, this guy's out and he's, he's trying to kill your kids and all this stuff and get them to do awful things. He's an interesting character, too, in this whole thing. You know, his dad is a Jesuit. Um, he, he was supposedly recruited by the CIA or approached by the CIA. He said in an interview, now who knows if he's telling the truth, but you see that pattern with a lot of musicians, system of a down, red, hot, chili peppers, all these different groups like this, they all have some kind of ties to government in one way or another rage against machines. Another one too. Uh, Kenyan politicians are affiliated with, uh, uh, Tom Morello's mom. You know what I mean? And who's a Kenyan politician? Barack Obama's dad. So we were in bands just... in the seventies with their, you know, like uh uh guy from the doors. Uh I can't think of Jim Morrison. Morrison. Jim Morrison, his dad was was in the military. Jimi Hendrix was in the military for a little bit. Elvis Presley was in the military. You know, you see all these connections where they have connections to the, not just the government, but the military as well, you know. Well, and, and with the case with Jim Morrison, I always get these two mixed up, but I think he was the captain of the Gulf of Tonkin ship that yeah, got us into his dad was, Vietnam, yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. So 
I always can confuse it with the Lusitania because every war that we ever get into is a false flag. You know what I mean? It seems like a lot of boats <laughs> had something to do with it back then. And then now it's, you know, well, it's just because they have enough money to launder. So we got to do something real quick and then right. get out and save more money and launder it again. Well, that was one thing that, you know, speaking of laundering, uh, you know, I, uh, that's essentially how all these different grassroots movements start. There's, you know, with um, Occupy Wall Street, there's a group and I forget exactly what it was i have it written down here um they're funded partially by the tides foundation i don't know if either one of you guys have heard of the tides foundation but this tides foundation has given you know several hundred thousand dollars to occupy wall street and behind the tides foundation is the open society institute and that is george soros dude you know what i mean so george soros one of the richest men in the world is funding occupy wall street which is trying to take money away from the one percent it's total bullshit, dude. Like it's all just there, just meant to make it seem like we're living in a free country and we have choice, but the opposition is literally funded by the people on the top. Well, and they know how to run the algorithms too, right? That will give them the best, the best output for what they'll run all the scenarios and figure out what's going to give them the best output for whatever their agenda is at whatever time that they're trying to do, whatever it is as well. Well, that's like the BLM, right? I mean, that was a coordinated effort by the banks. And you, you can look and, and where these riots took place were, it was pre-planned. It was to, to loot and burn these down. And then the banks could come in and buy them for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. And, and it, there was a law passed in 2019, just before that, about a lot of redistricting in these cities that just so happens to be the same areas where these riots and stuff took place. Crazy coincidence. That's a coincidence. Yeah. Isn't that an evil genius thing to do is if you have a company and you want to expand in certain areas, fund a group, call it black lives matter. Cause no one disagrees that black lives matter, right? Unless you're a complete racist, then you, then you say, no, all lives matter. Right. Then all these people start getting in, they start looting and rioting and you can't call these people out because it's all black people, even though if you watch it, it's all white people. It's all like, you know, college kids, it looks like going to Harvard, going to like these prestigious universities. And then they, like you said, man, get to go in and buy this stuff for pennies on the dollar because who wants to, you know, restore a building that's got a bunch of broken glass and graffiti and piss or who knows what else is on the floor in these buildings because people were just camping out in them. It, it's a genius idea, man. These people really know what they're doing and, and they're smart about it. Well, and what they do too, Rye, which is brilliant, is they tell the police to leave it alone. Let it be. Let it work itself out, you know, and then, like you said, then they come in. These these buildings are destroyed with the reputation of, oh, this was just part of a riot. Who wants to go in and start a business there? So, yeah, let's buy it at pennies on the dollar. Goldman and then what do they do? Yeah. yeah. And then, then they boost up security. And now this is a high-end area. I mean, it's it's almost like Gentrified. the gentrification. Yeah, yeah. it's the gentrification yeah. theory or model. All but at the over. same time, they at least I haven't looked at, at the other ones, but this one they used, you know, the global pandemic in 2020, you know, for BLM. It was every, nobody can be on the streets. Everybody's got to be inside except for this group who's rioting. And they're, you know, but it was one of those of like nobody else wanted to be around them because they had done such a job, good job instilling fear and panic in everybody that I can't even go outside, much less, you know, and so these riots just what? were allowed to happen. They were allowed to happen because think back then, even were you allowed to protest the lockdowns? No, those protests were broken up by law enforcement, yet 
which is peaceful protesting. Yet what we were told was, again, it's this double speak. What we were told was peaceful protests while they're telling you it's peaceful protests is a fire going on in the backgrounds. Mm. Like, yeah. come on. And I then mean, what it's came just, out of that? Defund the police, defund the, you know, all that as well. And, and they don't want to defund the police, this. right? They don't <laughs> want to defund the police. What they want to do is bring in a new police force, yep. a, a liberal police force, right? Something that will meet their agenda. Hugs and rainbows. Yeah. 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 Rebranding the police would be a better title, but they know how to name these things. Right. So it's, it's perfect for them. But uh, man, there was one point I was going to make. I forget what it was though, dude, but it was tying right into that. Um, so my bad, just forgot. That's all right. When it comes <laughs> back, you're good. So, well, and I'm going to go back to real quick to the, you were talking about the hippie movement a few minutes ago and just, you know, how well and orchestrated and planned, you know, even that was too, because the hippie movement really touched everybody you know you had the grateful dead so you had everybody who followed them but then you had the the clean cut people as well like the mamas and the papas and the beach boys you know the beach boys may have been a little bit counterculture because they were the surf culture in california and and you know and all that but the surf culture at the time too was still it was gidget and you know moondoggy and all those from the from those old movies as well and it touched a lot of different that that whole hippie movement and the Mar- Charles Manson and all that really touched it touched a lot of different groups all at the same time, which is really interesting to look at and to see. And it follows the current model of divide and conquer, right? Oh, yeah. Because you had the hippies who were you know anti-war, anti-government, you know, free everything. Then on the other side, you had the pro-war people. You know, the 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 very I mean, you'd almost call them the conservatives back then. It was all these people who were, you know, all for the government. They trusted them. They were, you know, it was all about the military. Whatever the military needed, we'll give them. We'll support them no matter what they do. And it was a nice divide because that was how you split the country. Now you have two. Why do they, the, the politicians don't have to worry about fighting when they have the people fighting against each other? True story. Mm-hmm. Well, and with that too, you know, it's one of those of, uh, I think I just pulled a Ryan. <laughs> it's in the air, dude. <laughs> it must be. It's too hot here. That's the problem. It's well, I'll hot. mention this. You know, that kind of ties in with with um, you know, the social media aspect of it. That you know, I'm looking into this TikTok story. You know, of, of how TikTok that's the biggest social media platform it seems right now. And if you look at that and you hear this information that the CCP runs it and all this stuff, this is something that I'm I'm researching for an episode that's going to come out hopefully this weekend or sometime soon. ByteDance is part of the of the uh, CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations. You know what I mean? And and they were funded by Harvard. They were hun- funded by um, all these different Goldman Sachs. I mean, and the dudes that work there, they also used to work for Goldman Sachs and Goldman Sachs started, uh, you know, investing in ByteDance. They moved a lot of their investment from Facebook over to ByteDance because they wanted to diversify their social media stock, I guess. But you look at this and and we're told right now that TikTok is attacking us and it's like, you know, bringing down society and it's the Chinese and all this stuff. It literally is the highest society of the United States. There's more Russians involved. There's this dude, Yuri Milner, that's involved with Doesn't China TikTok. only own like 5% of TikTok or something like that? From it's what five- I understand, it's 1%, but it's through these things that they call golden shares. And it's golden to where shares, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. It's to where even if they have 1% uh, percent of shares, they still get a member on the board. And I think I know who their asset is because they only have five five uh, you know, members of the board. 
I think I know who their guy is on that board because there's only two Chinese dudes on the board of directors <laughs> for the CCP company. So you're 50 50 shot, really. Well, but, and the founding members, too, were, weren't they like Henry Kissinger? And I mean, there were some real big names in the Kissinger, Harvard as a whole. Like, and, and think about Harvard with Facebook, too, right? Right. Um, so, I mean, Harvard, they, they, they get their, their fingers in a lot of stuff here. And like I said, it seems to be like there's more Israel and Russian influence over TikTok than there is Chinese. So, but they use that communist care. That's a tactic that's worked since, you know, the really the inception of this new era capitalism versus communism. Communism's scary. Let's just continue going back to that well for right now. Yep. And they started that back with the Bolsheviks, right? That's how they overthrew the, the czar in Russia. And they've been using it ever since the big red scare, whether it's it works. China, Russia, whatever it may be. It works, man. It works. And yeah, it's just scary to think that, you know, what do you see from, from platforms like TikTok? You see a lot of interracial marriage and dating and stuff like that which i'm not against but when it's forced there's something to it there's some reason why they want to mix all these cultures and then we end up like the uh the goobacks in south park you know what i mean i gotta make that <laughs> reference here um so it's just it's just one of those things where we we don't have any defined culture like there's nothing wrong with being a white dude or being let's instead of you know bland making it bland like that irish you're an irish guy you can marry a Mexican chick and you guys can both celebrate your guys' cultures. You don't have to like force them into one thing. You know, that's, that's when it's, I think it's a beautiful thing, but when it's forced, like it is on TikTok, and then there's this horrible agenda too, of like, I mean, solid 10 looking women. Uh, there's one in particular I'm thinking of. I don't know her name or anything, but she does this thing where she like bounces her boobs around and there's a, a child's voice saying, drop your weapons. And she's, I don't know if you guys have seen this. She's oh, like, yeah, Mom. I've seen it. She, she's gorgeous. I mean, she's got big jugs, and she's just sitting there bouncing her boobs around with a child talking in the background. It's a recording. There's stuff like that. It's just, you know, this pedophile stuff that's just awful, man. And you see it all over the place on TikTok if you know what you're looking for. Yeah, well, and it, I think it's going to get replaced real soon with, with just AI. I was reading an article today about how, See if I can share my screen real quick, and I'll just show you guys the headline real quick because I have it pulled up. Um... Yeah. Dude, another thing that I've been seeing a lot, and I always report them, is like breastfeeding videos, and it's literally moms with their full nipples out, their boobs and everything, and it's not on like mom pages. It's on like it has like uh, on Instagram, it'll be called like TikTok Babes, and it's a woman breastfeeding, and it's like, dude, this is strange to show under like a page that's targeting men it's just basically getting away with showing boobs on instagram i feel like an old man though i'm reporting them all here we can you guys oh, see i'm this? with you dude yeah is it sharing so yeah. for those who aren't aren't watching the the headline is ai influencer attracts men despite not being real mm. you know and it's i think that's the way influencers are going to go i think that's the way you know tiktok all that is going to go is it's just going to be it's going to be a. It's going to be AI. The, the AI rapper, right? FN Mecca, I think it's yeah. called. Yeah. The yeah. videos are kind of cool, but it's just wild that the the lyrics are trash. You know what I mean? <laughs> like even more so than mumble rap and stuff today. But yeah, man, I, I agree. It's going the way of AI. Yeah. So I remembered what I was going to say real quick, too. We were talking about, you know, separation and then the hippie movement. They did a real good job, I think, back then, too, of of really separating kind of the younger crowd from the older crowd because – 70s and 80s it was you know who was the most trusted man in the in the united in the world or what it was tom brokaw or 
the other Cronkite. Guy, yeah, Cronkite, Walter, whichever one it was. Yeah. And those are, that was your parents and your grandparents' newsman. And so where did you get your politics from? You got it from music if you were under a certain age as well. Right. And so that's when music really got, you know, weaponized and, and all that as well. To MTV did a good job with that, John. Like, I, I was going to say the 90s, you saw that push to the next level, right? Between gangster rap, MTV, the grunge movement, you had all these different influences coming in and they were aimed at teenagers, kids. Yeah. It wasn't aimed at adults. It was aimed at the youth to start separating them from their parents. Yeah. Catch the ear of these kids, these young people that maybe, you know, they don't have that, uh, you know, bond with their parents that they need or that they crave. And then once they're sucked into their music, oh, I want to watch an interview. This guy's going to get interviewed on uh, what's that show with uh, TRL? Was that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Carson Carson Daly. Carson, yep. Daly, I was trying to think of that dude's name because that's where people got some of their news from when they were young. So they're right. like, you oh, can pretend Carson. you didn't remember the name. <laughs> I know, dude. I know it's bad. <laughs> he but had a poster above his bed. I has a t-shirt. You. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Um, dude, it's it's wild that to think that, you know, they're just putting the music out just maybe for that interview to where they can say, well, what's your stance on gun control? All of you know whoever and then say well you know i think that a lot of people really need to be careful and we need to get rid of guns and all this stuff and then the kid subliminally is going to be like well now i hate guns too you know it's basic that's a very simplified way to say it but well and how did they use them in 2020 they used them to push their medical agenda yeah right you you had got you had old rappers making up songs about getting the jab yeah and like you had uh what was it it wasn't NWA. It was uh, uh, oh, the, boozy? the the Adidas guys. Uh, Run DMC. Oh, Run DMC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they they made a whole music video about it. Like well, even it was the, so bizarre. Even the quote unquote counterculture guys, right? The um, you know, Rage Against the Machine, Rage. Rage Against Machine, Tool, uh, uh, Black Flag. You know, a lot of the punk rock guys that I grew up listening to as well. You know, in the in the late eighties, nineties, early two thousands also. And they switched their stance as well of instead of being anti establishment, be establishment basically. Well isn't now, that so lame too? Like just hearing like someone that bit made a name off of being at like, you know, against the system and now they're like, hey, make sure you guys go get your vaccines. You know, and it's like, dude, what are we talking like this isn't what we came here for. That that puts me in the in the whole area where I got turned off to Metallica for all that shit that they did with Napster. You know, and how hard they pushed. And yeah, but South Park made me a fan of Metallica again because I realized, you know, it's hard for Lars Ulrich to live on just $10 million. Right. (laughs) Stolen from him. Was that, are you talking about the episode where uh, Cartman started the uh, Christian band? No, there was one where they were downloading a bunch of music. And then in a dream, it was basically like a Christmas carol, but instead, the the ghost of Christmas, the ghost of Napster present or whatever took him to all the all the different bands. And they were showing that, you know, they only had okay. ten million dollars instead of. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, Will Smith's son wasn't going to yeah. be able to get his yacht for his birthday. And right. yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, no, that, that was it. You know, it was I, I just. These bands, what you start realizing is they're just puppets. It's whoever's going to p- sign their paycheck. They're, I don't really think a lot of these bands even believe what they're singing about. I think it's just a niche they find, and it's a way for them to, to get in. 
I don't even know if they necessarily even know what they're doing as much as they're just promised. Hey, if you, you know, I go back to, let's say photographers, cause you know, pictures on Vogue or pictures on Rolling Stone or whatever, there's always, you know, you got the person with the cover in their eye or what. And as far what I believe at least right now is, you know, they're just being told, Hey, look, we'll make you a famous photographer, but there's certain pictures that we're going to need. He may not even know why he's just being told, Hey, we need a couple with their eyes covered. We need a couple with, with this. And he's like, Man, absolutely. And for this one, we're going to bring in some butterflies. <laughs> well, did you guys did you guys hear an uh, interview with Roseanne Barr recently? I don't know where it was, but she was talking about that. How back in the 80s, you know, when her show was big and she was a big comedian and she was doing a photo shoot for some magazine and they asked her to do a couple poses. And, you know, she said one of them was the eye cover. And she's like, I- I'm not doing that. And she goes and the photographer just, you know, it's like, well, everybody does it, you know, just do it. It it doesn't mean anything. Just do it for us. So right. I think you're exactly right, John. I think these photographers or people, whoever they are, musicians, whatever, whatever position they're put in, are told, "Okay, this is what I need you to do." You know, and and they yeah. just do it. So I got a I got a buddy who he used to be in a in a Christian band, a pretty a pretty prominent one in the in the in the early two thousands. Tell me, it's not Creed. No, it's not Creed. Oh, dude, if it's it was Creed, Creed, I'd be like, I want his autograph right now. <laughs> no, but uh, he, so they were trying to get play airplay on different Christian radio stations. And there's even formulas on that, that they had to follow that they were told, you've got to say this a certain number of times. You got to have this a certain number of times in the song and this a certain before we even will consider playing, playing your music. And I can't imagine, not that I think, the Christian music isn't in a secular world, but quote unquote secular music or, you know, mainstream music or whatever. I can't imagine what they're being told as well. If a Christian musician is being told that. Yeah. Well, dude, the, the, the authority, like the authoritative voice behind all these different things, Christianity, Catholicism, I think a lot of the higher ups in all these things, man, it goes back to my secret society take. I think that they're all closer to like worshiping darkness than they are yeah. actual Christians. I follow Jesus. I know, John, like you're very skeptical of religion and stuff, and that's kind of what got you to start this show. But I don't call myself a Christian, man. I just say I follow Jesus. And like when yeah. I end my prayers, I say in Jesus' name, and I do that like, you know, minimum twice a day usually. When something good happens to me, I thank Jesus, but I don't call myself a Christian. I damn sure don't go and donate to these <laughs> damn places either, dude. I, they're not getting a, they've never gotten a dollar from me, and they never will, dude. Yeah. And even along with that, did you guys see the? Uh, see if I can pull it up real quick. The um, the guy who, oh, where is it? The funder. He was a funder. Of the the film Sound of Freedom. The guy's name is Fabian Marta. Did you guys see that? Yeah, he, he got uh, pinched for been a, child. He's been arrested for char- for child trafficking and child kidnapping. I mean, I hope that that's mainstream news and everyone knows that because I didn't know that. I, I'm not it is. super. It, it, it's news. mainstream. It's Fox News, CNN. You know, it just happened that. like yesterday or today. Yeah. yeah, it came out. Well, hopefully that will open some people's eyes to that because a lot of people are getting a lot of shit for saying that I'm skeptical of the Sound of Freedom movie because everyone it's a political issue, which it shouldn't be. The, the children shouldn't be a political issue, dude. I don't have any kids, but that's the last thing that should be politicized next to like dogs, like animal rights, you know, shouldn't be politicized either. But obviously kids are much more important than that. It's just, dude, any time that something like this is politicized, people are going to get it wrong, man. And that's sad that that there's kids lives in this stuff and actual kids are affected by that. Yeah, it it's is horrible. It definitely is. Um, 
was listening to a not Red Pill Cartel, the Red Pill uh Jason Operation and, Red Pill. Yeah, Operation Red Pill. They did one where they're talking about child trafficking and even just they went into the whole got milk thing and Ryan, you had mentioned butterflies. And it, if you guys haven't listened to that, I, I highly recommend it because it's they said that and I didn't know this, but the kids who were put on the back of the milk cartons, zero percent of them were found. And yeah, so yeah, they yeah. they were they were speculating and postulating that uh it was basically a hey, we got you kind of thing. It was a bragging by the by the powers that be, hey, we got this kid, you're never gonna see him again kind of thing. Or you wonder if it was like a for sale thing for elites. Like yeah. it's like we got this kid, do you want him? It was before uh, whatever that website is that sells thirty like Craigslist. Wayfair. No, not Craigslist, what was the other one? <laughs> well, uh, Wayfair, yeah. Wayfair, yeah. Want this forty five thousand dollar cabinet named Alexa? It's thirteen years old. It's like, wow, what are we doing here? Yeah, man. But I mean, imagine that, dude. That's like a freaking movie right there. The the got milk thing or the uh, milk kids. And think of yeah. the first one too, Johnny Gosh. I mean, that was such a high profile thing, and they couldn't find that kid, but they can find one dude that's planning on like doing something shady against the government, like get in a cave. Yeah, but they can't find whoever was snorting coke in the White House. Yeah, yeah, right. One you of know, most highly surveilled buildings. Yeah, no, no kidding. So I think it was the secretaries. Just uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. The Press secretaries. Press I think secretary. it's just baking powder. Maybe anthrax. Anthrax. Let's let's rerun that one. That was a nice, fun one. Right, right, right. So oh, will. I'm sure it'll be back. So Matt, you said you only really had about an hour. Or so you know we got 15, 20 minutes, whatever. So before you go, I just kind of want to get in. So. We kind of, you know, we identified what what the problems were kind of in your guys' view. What's the next step, though? You know, because identifying a problem is one thing. What What's the next step? Like, how do you, how do you correct it? I, I don't think you can correct the system. I think you have to become deep, independent from the system. I think that's the weapon that we possess is the system is so big. It's so powerful. You're not we're not going to beat it. Right. And anytime you get close enough to even challenging it, Ryan's topic from before the CIA comes in, they infiltrate, they take it over, they start breaking it up, arresting people. And so you're never going to be able to get that grassroots movement that you need to do a quote unquote revolution. So what do you do? You take the power away from them. You hit them where it hurts, which is their pocketbooks. And if, if you don't need them and you're not dependent on them, or their system, you know, and when I say that, I'm like, in, I'm referring to like the Babylonian money magic, right? If, if you can get out of that system, I think you have a chance of putting a chink in it, right? And, and, and cracking that dam slowly. But otherwise, I don't, I don't see any way to beat it. Dude, they put out these things too, when, when people think that, you know, the public is making some kind of headway things like QAnon will come out, you know, where it's like, it'll make everyone kind of feel like passive about it. And instead of staying, like keeping the foot on the throttle, they take it off and they relax a little bit. They're like, okay, the good guys are winning. The white hats have the power and all this BS. And then, you know, that, that goes back to uh, operation. I think it was operation hope. That was an old thing. If I'm not mistaken, like the, the dove of oneness and all those different things like that. It's uh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Like how far ahead, these elites are or the parasite classes we've started calling them. And I like that a lot more, but yeah, 
it, it, it's very hard, I think, to fix it. But I think one one step would be just knowing that they want the public on one side or the other. There's the libertarians out there, too. But I mean, that that Cato Institute, that's another organization that also helped fund the early days of TikTok. The libertarians are in on it, too. So all these different parties at the top are assholes, man. They they, they don't the, the higher up Republicans, the Koch brothers, they don't care about you, man. They wanted to freaking raise the age of retirement. The Koch brothers did, you know. Then, the, of, of course, we know that the liberal elites don't care about us either. It's the same deal with the freaking uh, libertarian elites, man. They, they're all yeah. funding the same thing. They're just kind of meant to be that third party to suck votes off of one side or the other. So don't identify with the team. I think it'd, it would be a good a good thing to do. I always say rooting for a politician is like watching a football game and voting, like hoping that the referee wins. You know what I mean? Like that's literally what it is. I love don't that analogy. Love it. I, it's fun, man. I forget where I heard it, but I like that one too. Yeah. And I think, you know, it goes back to what Matt said in the very beginning about, you know, he woke up to the medical, you know, to the medical side of things, you know, and, and really realizing just it's got to be on an individual level. I think, you know, we can't, there's not going to be a BLM movement for truthers, right? Like we're not going to go storm the, as of right now, at least, you know, next that's year. You're right. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely, you know, trying to make it more on an individual level and, and starting to even just question of, you know, is there a reason they're not giving me holistic or natural stuff? Like what, what are they gaining from me by me taking this instead of giving me what my body actually, actually needs? And I think, you know, even like Monsters Inc. shows a good thing of that, right? Like they power, they power their city by the fear that they instill in children where yep. they could have, powered it even more by giving them laughter and happiness and stuff like that. But that's not what they wanted. Well, and that goes into the whole concept which I'm big into right now is the whole natural versus synthetic. Right. And I think we're meant to live in a natural world and everything that this world is comprised of right now is synthetic. Everything that's pushed on us, I should say right. from your food to medicine to, um, entertainment, music, it's all synthetic. It's all gotten away from the natural ways of things and natural law. And the further we get away from natural law, the closer we are to this AI, you know, transhuman world. That's not reality. It's not, it's not the way we're meant to live. And that's why when I said before about, you know, becoming independent of the system, doing things like growing your own food, um, community-based activities, things that you can do to get outside of the system, right? Don't, don't go and shop in the grocery stores and buy the majority of your groceries in the middle of it. If you can shop, shop on the perimeter because that's where the healthy shit tends to be. Um, you know, and it's things like that and grow your own food. I mean, we had uh, uh, Matt Rusky on our on Monday Master Debaters this past week and he was talking about electroculture. And the yield that some people are getting out of this would totally blow this whole concept of food scarcity out the window if we could get it going on a national, if not global level. Well, and with that, too, I, I, I watched and listened to that episode. And I, it makes me start wondering, how big are we supposed to be? Because yeah. with, with the way that that food sprouts up and how big a cucumber can get or how big a watermelon can get or what, like – it's 10 times the normal size, maybe not 10, but I mean, it's huge compared to, 
you know, what you buy at the grocery store, what you, even at a farmer's market or whatever. And so you start looking like, maybe I'm not supposed to be six, two, maybe we're all supposed to be like 20 feet tall, you know, and this is, it's been taken away and that's why we've shrunk. I don't think that that's crazy to think at all. It, it would sound crazy to somebody that isn't like familiar with this. Speaking of, dude, I made this bracelet, dude, out of copper. Nice. Wire. Copper? nice. Yeah, dude. Is that going to be available on your website? No, I just made it for myself. <laughs> I'm going to be looking like an Egyptian soon, dude. I'm going to have these like all at my arm. You're going to look like no, I uh, in that stuff. You're going to look like what's his name from uh, the 300. Xerxes. Uh, Xerxes. 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 I'm going to talk like that, too. Well, yeah, really tall you, gay dude. It makes you think because, you know, you're when, a Matt was, when Matt was talking about it, you know, you think of the royals and they're wearing linen. They're carrying gold or wearing gold jewelry. You know, they're carrying um, very fine jewels that have these amazing properties, you know, and it's and like conductors. Well, exactly. And it's like they're helping themselves. Meanwhile, we're getting the shit end of it. You know, we're getting all the EMF waves. We're getting all the poison water and skies and all this stuff and getting polyester clothes, which, you know, I never realized how bad polyester is. And that, you know, what Matt basically said is you replace polyester and just put the word plastic in there. You see the word bamboo, put plastic in there. And and once we start seeing it for what it is and it's unnatural, that's how you can break the system so to speak and and you know from a health standpoint like he said just do one of these things at a time and check it off the list you're not going to be able just to you know i hear all these people say oh well you know you're supposed to be this woke guy but yet you take your son to the doctor to get amoxicillin when he has strep throat i'm like well sorry dude i'm like i don't have an abundance of natural ways at my hands at you know 7 30 in the morning and my son's in writhing pain Every now and then you have to go to the system and, and get the quick fix. But is it putting his health at, at detriment long term? No, I'm not giving him Ritalin or anything like that. So, you know, these people that think that you can just totally become independent off the system with a snap of a finger, they're fucking out of their minds because it's not that easy. They've they've been working at this for hundreds, if not thousands of years to get us in the position we're in right now. Well, things like amoxicillin, it cures amoxicillin you can say cured your son of his strep throat there's yeah. other medicines they don't cure they just block and those are the ones that you've really got to you know look out for more than you know you know granted the, the medical complex is the medical complex and it's gonna it has the problems that we all know about but at the same time when you're when your son is in pain you're, you're like we're gonna this is what we got to do yeah there's no shaman or witch man or which doctor or anything else, you know, right You're not going to tell him to, uh, like Joe Rogan to get in an ice bath and quit <laughs> yeah. being a quit being soft. Like, that's another thing that's a huge problem, dude, is all these idiots out there. This, like, cause you see it from the, the weaker dudes, but then like these fake masculine guys that I saw this meme where it was like, you know, if you, if you saved a dollar every day, you just put it aside, you know how much money you'd have at the end of the year? $300,000. You know what I mean? <laughs> Instead of going to a restaurant. You shouldn't be eating at the restaurant. You should think, how can I buy this restaurant? It's like the stupidest advice. Or like, if your mom calls you for help, do you just help her? Like, why would you just help her instead of making sure that she worked and did something? It's the wildest stuff. And you see that on that side too, man. The influence out there is sad. And two, I I'm glad, Matt, that your thing was the medical stuff because that is the Rockefellers, dude, 100%. They took yeah. that oil-based medication and they replaced, you know, healthy earth 
you know, natural stuff with that. Yeah. So, and anybody that questions that go read the Flexner report from 1910. And that's basically where the Rockefellers made it ill. They, they disbanded and made it illegal to practice naturopathic medicine. They, they basically made all those schools non-certified. So the only way you could get your medical license was to go through the allopathic Rockefeller school system. And then oh. once you, once you're in debt, $300,000, you have to stay in that system because you've got to pay everything back. When, when in reality, John, nature provides cures to everything. That's why right. this planet is so amazing. You know, this realm that we're in, there is a cure for everything on this realm. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in that because um, I may have said this in one of the past episodes, but, or maybe it was even on, on Monday master debaters or whatever, but my youngest, I don't know, four years ago or so, he had this really bad rash on his leg and it was late night and didn't want to take him to the ER. And this is when I really started questioning, you know, the medical side of things. And so I texted a buddy of mine. I was like, what can I do? Give me a natural remedy for this rash. And he's like, it's going to sound weird, but blend up a potato, rub it on his leg, wrap it in saran wrap, have him sleep in overnight, or it'll be gone. Son of a bitch, it was. And that's what we did. We took a potato, blended it up, cooked it just a little bit, make it soft enough to blend, made a putty out of it, put on his leg, wrapped it in saran wrap. He screamed because it stung. But the next morning he woke up and it had dried out and it was gone. And after that, I was like, there's something, there is something there. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you think about even like when you're sick, you know, I, I know my grandmother used to tell us you're sleeping with your socks on. We're going to put onions in, yeah. on the bottom of your feet. And sure as shit, you wake up the next morning, those onions are black. You're feeling a little bit better. And you're like, wow, that was pretty amazing. Like, See, what the hell happened? Say, Here's some whiskey. That'll help you feel better. Help me feel better. too. <laughs> that was for TV. what I do. No, that was just <laughs> yeah. for four. That was just because because it's a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah i don't think john's teething right now <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> not that i know yeah. of Good no stuff. but i mean it's out there even you know honey i mean honey is like the magical elixir of of everything or you know you can pack black pepper on a on an open wound and it'll stop the bleeding and i mean there's all kinds of things out there that just cayenne pepper for for like a healthy heart and arteries and stuff also an ulcer. if you have an ulcer Mix cayenne pepper in water and drink it. And after about two days, your stomach will heal itself. Interesting. That's amazing. Because your stomach creates juices that says, this is too hot for me to handle. And so those juices will heal the ulcer inside your stomach. Mm. Some for some for everybody. Yeah. yeah, there is. No, there definitely is. So, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely the ability to do it, but you've got to do it on an individual level. And like Matt said, you can't conquer everything all at once. It's got to be, you know, find some, find one thing, find something, do it well, and then move on to the next thing. I agree. So, yeah. And my, my big thing right now is you guys see the new thing this week, how they, uh, banned incandescent light bulbs. Mm. Yes. As of, as of Tuesday, you cannot buy incandescent light bulbs anymore. And that's the level they're going to, right? They're doing it in the name of efficiency, right? And, and energy conservation, Green, and, yeah. right? Yeah. But, and I go back to Jimmy Dore and anybody that doesn't listen to his podcast, I highly recommend it because he is a self-professed liberal who is leans in, he's in the middle, but he will call out both sides. And one of the things that he was talking about is they will bust us about our 
carbon emissions and our energy and efficiency, yet they keep continuously going around the world and building, building military bases that are not efficient, that do not have any green laws, that are not helping the environment at all. And it's like, you know, they, it's we, we've been gaslit to the point where they want us to just pay more. And it's never enough. And at some point, we're going to have to say enough's enough. We're not buying this bullshit anymore and throw our foot down as a collective. And until then, they're just going to keep taking. It's like drawing, drawing that line in the sand. And I always ask people, you know, what is your line in the sand? You know, where do you draw that line? When they cross that, when are you going to push back? Because we're getting to a point now where they're coming for everything. Yeah. Yeah. But on Dude. the same side, it looks like they're giving you everything. That's what they want it to look like is, hey, we're going to give you everything, but we're going to strip everything away from you. Yeah. You don't want to live in the line in Saudi Arabia and look at how cool that looks. You know what I mean? I saw that uh, Hank uh, from the 643 podcast. I think it was him. He came on, I don't know, a few weeks ago and he he introduced me to that. That thing is nuts. They just started cities like that, too. There's a floating city. I forget the name, but it's based out of Saudi Arabia, too. And it's essentially like a utopia floating on water. You know, and it's it's kind of like the line. They're going to make those all over the place. And one thing I was going to say, I know, uh, Matt, you're probably wrapping up here shortly. But the the thing with um, growing food, like people should not be discouraged from doing that. But once it gets to a level like you can make things better for your own family. And I think that's what people should focus on first. It's not selfish. It's practical. Focus on helping your family first. But if everyone starts doing this, the government's going to go around and they're going to say there's a, a strange zucchini virus going around in these things and there's proof we we show you with the pcr test we have to we have to pull all your zucchini out and you cannot eat it if you try to eat it or you try to sell it we're gonna fine you and if you can't pay the fine you're going to jail same thing with collecting rainwater i mean there's this whole idea that they did this with chickens in the uk man they said that there was a freaking bird flu that made the the chicken toxic to eat and then they just literally killed these people's chickens right in front of them in the uk so they're going to do that, but that shouldn't discourage anyone from, you know, trying and, and, and at least making their own lives a little bit better. Cause you can do this on an individual level. Just once it gets global, they won't let that happen, but yeah, make it better for yourself though. Yeah. And you know, I'm in the, I'm in the state of Texas and one of the things I'm starting to see around here a whole lot now that I've never seen before up until this past year is the sheriff department started a livestock, uh, Division, division, yeah, based livestock patrol. So they're driving wow. around checking people's farms, checking you know all these things. To to, I don't know what they're doing because I haven't talked to them. But it's the first time I or I've seen the those trucks like five or six times now. It's the first time I've seen them is this year that they're just you know out there driving by people's farms looking at their it's like a chicken holocaust they're gonna come door to door and be like you guys got any unregistered chickens under your floorboards <laughs> and shit you know yeah. Do all your cows, are they up to date on their vaccination schedule? You know, like shit like that. That's what it's going to come to. Yeah. Wild. That's crazy, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's nuts. But on the flip side, the city of so the city of Austin has decided and I didn't know a state could do this or a city could do this. But the city of Austin has told the state troopers here that they're no longer welcome in their city. So they canceled their contract with the state troopers from the state of Texas. And it has to do with this whole thing. But I didn't know a city could cancel. So we've got the state of Texas has like five or six different police departments from your local police, constables, state troopers, 
um, all that. The city of Austin just canceled their contract with the state troopers, said, you guys aren't welcome here anymore. And Texas is going to be blue soon, man. In our lifetime, it's going to be blue. Oh, I think it'll. I think it'll happen within the next two to three election cycles. Because all so it takes sad. is two cities. You know, all it takes is two major cities. To Austin go blue. and like Houston yeah, or something. Houston, yeah, or Dallas. You know, if if they get any of those, well, it's going to be blue. Really have, they don't even really have to vote because because that's yeah. the way New York is. Like, if you go, New York City is blue, right? But if you go to upstate New York, yeah, it's red for the most part. Yeah, Long Island's even kind of red, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> to the yep. point where they're actually kind of like racist in Long Island a lot of the time <laughs> from what I hear at least. I've never been there, but yeah, dude, it's, it's it's it was amazing to me how racist a lot of those northern cities actually are. You know, the yeah. ones that, the ones that fought the good fight for slavery in the Civil War, like I'm like, y'all are more racist than the South is. Well, that was the thing. It wasn't I mean the the Civil War wasn't even about that, right? It was no. about economy. Right. And just yeah, burning, down, burning down old buildings on the way. Yeah. Dude, yeah. don't even get me started on that shit. That's, that's a whole nother podcast in itself between Sherman's March and all that stuff. It's yeah. like, man, you look at what they've done in every world war, every war since I would say going back to Napoleon's time, it was to destroy infrastructure, destroy the old world, you know, which tend it where you know you look at the building behind me the cathedral they they weren't churches you know they weren't as we're told you know the pyramids weren't burial tombs these buildings had more power to them than we've been told healing centers healing centers the pyramids are supposedly generators you know giant batteries um you gotta like what the the conspiracy like the controlled opposition side of the conspiracy community says the pyramids are they were ufos right i like that one a lot yeah where it's upside down underneath is the same thing as above so below yeah and there's a whole nother upside down pyramid underneath it that'll just rise out from the ground get the fuck out of here and all it takes is what two generations for for history like that just to disappear because you get rid of not even john not even they're finding it's one generation is it one generation yep because you take it out of the history book and then it's just gone. I mean, unless tell people that they can't it. talk about it too, right? Like then they don't want, they don't want to pass the stories down. Well, because they might get in trouble. And I don't even know is they don't want to as much as like there's no time. And this goes back to something we talked about earlier. But you know when when all of a sudden you had to switch to both mom and dad after work and all this, and huh. you know you instituted the microwave instead of the dinner table and all that. It's just you know family story time went out the way. You know, it's, yeah. it's, just, it's just gone, you know, because mm-hmm. you could talk about music and oh, you just shouldn't believe that or they're wrong in this. But now it's like little Jimmy just goes to his room, puts his AirPods in, listens to music. Mom and dad have no clue what's going on. And well, and what did they tell us always growing up? What were the two things you didn't talk about at the dinner table? Right. Politics and religion, religion. See, and it's like those are two of the key things, right? Those are the two of the yeah. a. Those are two of the key manipulators, power power sources. But at the same time, those are two of the most corrupt institutions in the world. Yep. But you're not allowed to talk about it because it's faux pas. Well, politics and religion me. should be what really dictates almost every decision that you big decision, at least, really that you make. And if you well, because it it, it dictates your life, right? Yeah. I mean, the politicians are making the laws that you are supposed to live by, or you can be penalized for it whether it's jail or monetarily and then religion that's your soul 
You know, I mean, that's yeah. even more valuable than the money or the, you know, anything else. It's just wild, man. It, it's it's, a it's mad, mad world. It's the inversion, right? And it's it's the whole double speak. Everything that you know that you're told is good is really bad. Everything that you're told is bad is really good. And it's just a wild time because you saw a lot of people's eyes open up to it in the last three to four years that holy shit, maybe, maybe I have been lied to. Maybe they aren't telling, maybe they aren't the trusted source anymore. And that's that's something that their indoctrination, right? We talked about before one generation. That's all it takes. So, you know, our kids, that it could be that generation, right? And that's why yeah. I put, and I keep, I sound like a broken record a lot of times, but it's on us as parents. Those of us who have children, it is your job to prepare your children for this world and to tell them the difference between programming and reality. And, and a lot of parents, like we, you said before, ah, it's so much easier just to throw them in front of the cell phone, you know, give them, give them some video time instead of sitting down with them and doing something or talking to them about things. And, uh, and it, cause I, that's my biggest fear, man, is, is my son going out into the world ill-equipped to deal yeah. with this and, and being one of those purple haired retards that runs around just reciting propaganda. And feeling right. like they're the right ones, you know, they're in the right because they're with the majority. And, that, you know, that's a tough thing to tell a kid is, listen, man, you got to be careful of the big crowds. That's where you're going to get in trouble. If everybody's thinking one way, there's you have to be the one that can look at the other side of it and at least rationalize it. Yeah. 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 When you can't it's even have the conversation. You're born a boy. You will always be a boy. That, that's just the way it is. Yeah, man. Well, it's funny because I was I was listening to a uh, interview with a transgender. It's a male now, but he goes, even he regrets it. He's like, you know, he's in his 30s now. But what he was saying is he goes, what these people don't realize is I can never be a man. No matter how many surgeries I have, no matter what, he goes, when I die and 100 years from now, somebody digs up my grave and finds the bones, they're going to say that's the body of a woman. And you can't change that. And, and and in this society, you're now being threatened with jail time for misgendering someone because they like to play make-believe and pretend like they're something that they're not. Yeah. Well, that's like, uh, Ryan, I think it was on, I don't know if it was on your podcast or if you did it on on the on the Monday Night Master Debaters, but when you're talking about the, the lesbian seagulls. Was that, that no? Was that was movie. Chud and Bob. Oh, Chud and Bob. That's right. That's who that was. Yeah, yeah they're talking about the. That's yeah. a funny you know, story. I love that story. That story is so stinking funny. Yeah, I, I talked think about it, it on debaters. On... I did. Yeah, because I okay. was listening to Bob. And and by the way, yeah. if anybody's not listening to, are we content or are we content? Depending on how you want to pronounce it, the, their new show is great, man. Yeah, they come really... up with some good stuff. But that whole lesbian seagull thing, for anybody that didn't know, there was this island. And they had lesbian seagulls and these these blue hairs were promoting it as like the greatest thing ever. And then they asked the scientists, you know, what happened on this island? He's like, well, they all died. (laughs) There's no it doesn't exist anymore because they couldn't fucking reproduce. Yeah. And she got real excited getting into the whole until she found out that they all died. Yeah, and it's like, oh, well, I mean, it's just a logical <laughs> thing. Like, how do do you think that you live forever when you cut your wiener off? I mean, like, what what are yeah. we talking about here? It's it's insane. And to your point, Matt, like, like parents do need to be the ones that are in charge of their kids, but teachers teachers need to have some 
some kind of like moral level that they won't sing to because they got into this and they tell us and and we can't depend on them for that. But they told us that they got into this because they care about educating kids and making the next generations better. That's the same, they same don't. thing. I, I understand that because I know some teachers and they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them. Well, they also want three months off of a paid fucking it, vacation. That's what yeah, a lot of exactly. people are really also want. majority liberal too. Right. Yes. Majority of teachers are liberal. But I'm just saying like that we have to at like we can't just say, ah, oh, we can't depend on the teachers. I think that people need to make sure that good teachers get into their schools, man, and they're good in their school districts, whether that means you get on a, on the school board or whatever. I think that's an important thing. Same thing with nurses, man. You know, the, a lot of people say that, you know, nurses, I got into this because I care about people. I want to help them. Well, why the hell are you telling people and, and getting mad at them if they don't want to vaccinate them? You know, so yep. people need to be held to an actual standard instead of saying, oh, they're too far gone. And we can't we can't really, you know, depend on them. They're there in a position where they have to be depended on. Are so, you telling me, Ryan, that nurses didn't get in it for the TikTok videos? I mean, some did. Those I fucking think. dancing nurses, dude. I'll never forgive those fucks. It's so bad, man. And and I had this argument with one of my cousins, you know, at a family party. We were talking about politics. We were talking about all this stuff. And I kind of think that she actually kind of came around a little bit. You know, she would never admit it. But um, she got very upset. I didn't. You know, I, I was confident in what I was saying. And, and you know, I think that maybe she kind of came around a little bit. And I think that's why it's important to have those kind of conversations. On paper, I'm an idiot compared to someone like her. That's very accomplished uh, from like the the mainstream perspective. Very, very like highly qualified nurse, smart individual, got it kind of made and everything from a career perspective. The outsider would think I'm a complete idiot, but I can hold my own in a conversation with them just because I'm actually sticking to like reality. That's all that well, you have to do. They're just highly indoctrinated, right? Right. I mean, that's all yeah. education is. It just means that you have passed the next level of indoctrination and you can you can take their tests well. It doesn't mean you're any smarter than you or I, right? I mean, that's right. that's why I always laugh at people. They're like, Well, look at my wall. You know, I have this diploma from yeah. such and such. And it's like, I don't care. I'm like, I can take a I can take a lighter and burn that thing, and now you have nothing. You know, yeah. like what that's true. what do you really have? It's a piece of paper that just well, says that, you're good at taking tests. That piece of well, paper shows basically shows you that they don't know how to deal in logic they deal mm-hmm. in, right they deal follow with system being indoctrinated yeah their system we got to follow this system yep dude i was going to do this and i still might i need to um where you, there's a college that will give you if as long as you write a thesis they'll give you a doctorate on uh like nine different subjects and i was going to become a doctor in uh or a master in psychology just by writing about MK Ultra, and they have like a 99% pass rate. So as long as you just write something to them, they'll pass, you pay 50 bucks, and you get a diploma or or whatever the hell. I don't even know what it's called. That's how stupid I am. But they give you the piece of paper that tells you that you're a master in this topic or subject. And I want to get that so bad just to be that guy that's like, oh, no, it's Dr. Dean, please. Just go ahead and call me doctor. <laughs> because like, if it's that if it's that easy, why don't why can't we just do that? Well, and it's even easier because all you got to do now is download Chat GPT. It'll write your essay for you, and then you can. That's send what it I'm. That's probably what I'll do, to be honest. Well, you don't even have to go that far anymore. Now in today's era, you could just say you you associate as a doctor. You know, or identify yeah. as one. Yeah, I identify just, as a doctor. Yeah. You know, I laugh at that shit because I identify as a millionaire, but if I go into the bank and trying to withdraw a million dollars, they tell me to get out. Did you identify yeah. as a black millionaire? That might help. 
oh, I went in as a black lesbian, you know, <laughs> I, the whole deal. I was Maybe I was they, LGBTQ plus plus IA. You know? I'm a lesbian was, seagull. Give me my money. <laughs> Going there in matrix gear. <laughs> Ball get or like that guy from uh, Biden's administration that was stealing people's bags, women's yeah. clothes and shit. <laughs> Going yeah, shaved head with with you, all you got to do, rise, put on some lipstick and a dress. You're good to go. I'll do it, dude. I'll do that for a million dollars, no problem. Just don't make me do anything weird. I'll, I'll, sat- I'll dress that's anyway. Saturday night, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm about to do after we get off the show. Yeah, free free drinks at the yeah at the kitten corral. <laughs> that sounded like a good bar. Is that a, is, is that, that an actual from South place? Park? No, I don't know. It just popped in my head. I, it's probably from some show or movie, but the kitten corral. <laughs> It Must sounds be. like that gay bar from the from South Park where they no, have that's that big bat. Where Mr. Slave goes. Yeah. Mr. That's LeBose. Okay. LeBose. It's spelled Lesbos. That, and they yes. did the whole 300. Uh, Lebos. You saw they opened up uh, or that that Matt and Trey bought all the uh the what what's the restaurant Casa Bonita? Casa Bonita, yeah. Yeah, they bought all the Casa Bonitas. That's dope. It's in Denver or, Col- or yeah. Colorado, I think. Colorado, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like Disneyland if you like Mexican food. That's right. Well, fellas, Matt, I told you I wouldn't keep you real long. This has been a uh, this has been great. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, give a plug real quick. Let everyone know where they can find you, listen to you, all that kind of stuff. All right, yeah, you can find me on the Great Deception Podcast. I'm on Instagram. I got uh, Patreon is Patreon.com/slash The Great Deception Podcast. I do have a YouTube, but I don't use it much. Uh, so if you want any of the videos of my show, all the Monday Night Master Debaters are on my Patreon. If you want to hit me up, DM me on Instagram at the Great Deception Podcast. And uh, I, you know, I respond to as many as I can. And John, thank you, man. I, I love the show and yeah, uh, honored it. to be on, man. Really. Thank it. you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ryan. Yeah, man. Uh, again, thanks, dude. This was cool. I love these like just kind of chats where they're kind of loose, but sticking to a topic and, and kind of like trying to dive into like some important stuff like this. So this is good. I, I hope that this show really blows up and and gets a lot of attention because it needs it, man. So I appreciate it. 1.8 percent uh, of my audience, by the way, is non-binary, just so you know. Nice. Well, hey, there you so, go. That's how you know. You, and we need to up those numbers a little bit. We yeah. want to see at least 10 percent of non-binaries. Well, I'm reaching I'm reaching everybody little by little. So. Right. No, no, I'm just kidding, man. I, I think that's probably higher than my non-binary uh, percentage. So you're you're doing better than me in the eyes of the overlords. But yeah, man, uh, same same as Matt. You know, I, I don't do YouTube. I have one, but I have not uploaded anything because they'll just take my content down. I'm sure once it gets to a you know satisfying size for myself, I do Patreon. All my links are in, uh, you know, my show notes and stuff. I do the whole link tree BS thing. So check. I got Dangerous World Podcast if you guys haven't checked it out. Um, and the merch. Best merch in the yeah, game. Buy his oh, merch. Yeah. Buy Thanks, merch. That's, it's so cool that other people plug my merch more than I do. I always kind of forget about it, but I, I'm glad that uh, that you guys enjoy the merch and the well, soap. It's a, great, the soap. it's a great starting off point for conversations when people ask just, hey, what's what's your shirt mean? So, yeah. Well, so. I, I wore, I had the uh, broke several uh, women's records yesterday. <laughs> Sure. Oh, nice. And my, my sister-in-law like looked at me and then gave me this nasty look. And then she's like, I want to hate your shirt, but I love it. I think it's great. And I was like, <laughs> yes, funny. yes. And <laughs> then I was awesome, at the, ga- I was at the gas station the other day and I had my government is the virus shirt. 
dude, guy came up to me. He's like, man, where did you get that shirt? I'm like, oh, it's my buddy's podcast. I'm like, I'm like, uh, what, what's your cell phone? I'll shoot you the link. He's like, man, we need more of those shirts out there. I'm like, eh, yes, we do. Yes, we oh, do. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a trip that people enjoy that, dude. So thank you guys for, for saying that. Yeah, no problem. And I'm John the Fed. This has been another episode of How the Hell Do We Wind Up Here uh, podcast. Again, thanks to the great Matt T and the great Ryan Dean for coming on. And uh, if you guys haven't listened to them, check them out. Um, a lot of great information, a lot of, a lot of episodes to get through, but a lot of good information, a lot of things to, uh, to listen to. So with that, um, talk to you guys later.